0: Hey, this is Jeremy McCrory, and this is the Run for Jesus Podcast, a ministry podcast that will help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before. We'll, we'll be in uh, Proverbs chapter seven tonight, looking at the temptation of man. And so if you want to turn to your copy of God's word, in my copy, um, it's on 531. Uh, so, uh, you're welcome to try that. I once had a professor, the first day of class that we sat down, he said, if you've got this Bible, it's on this page, this Bible, it's on this page, this Bible, it's on this page, and they were all right. I don't know how he did it, I just, I, I think he must have just done his homework, but, um, but we're looking at the temptation of man, and the first question right out of the gate that this lends to us is, is maybe you can give me some feedback on this. How has your memory changed as you aged?
1: Can't remember. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I have found myself leaving the water on in two different areas in my house this week, and I don't know how long it ran. <laughs> I turn the dishwasher on today, and I have to turn the faucet on to let the hot water get from that end of the house to this one. Yeah. And when the dishwasher stops, I turn the water off Well... <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> later on this still running. Oh,
0: the dishwasher or the water in the, the water. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Didn't that answer your question really
0: well? Hey, I promise you I can't get a better answer than that. But uh but I think I, I think I, I used to be more sharp. I could remember things. Now I have to have a bunch of reminders, a planner, sticky notes, yeah. other reminders on top of those reminders, reminders in my phone, calendars. I have to have like Double things that that are there. Um, a lot of times we need to set reminders to keep us in line with what needs to be accomplished, because sometimes we forget things. It's like a, I told a guy this week. I said we need to go get lunch, and he said, "Well, I've got this, this, and this going on this day, so I can't, and I can't promise that day." So later in the week, I contacted him, and and he said, he said, "Well." I'm not really sure, I don't want to let you down, I don't want to tell you one thing and another. I said, look, I just don't want to forget. And I said, I don't want to ask you and then forget about it, and then you're sitting somewhere waiting on me. I said, so, you know, we think about what Proverbs has done, and this has been about Solomon, right? This is about Solomon's message to his sons. It's about wisdom, it's not forgetting the things that have been spoken of. And so for us, as Bible-believing Christians, We pull from God's Word, and that's what we want to remember as we go throughout life. Those are the things that kind of spark a memory in our mind. I know that when I hear a certain hymn, it takes me back. When I hear a certain song, it takes me to a place and time. And you might say, well, I can't remember the things that I used to could, but I can remember just as I am, singing that growing up. I can remember it seems like we sang the song all the way through every verses and then we went back around again. It didn't matter if anybody was down at the front or not. We sang for a long time and it seems like more of the service was singing than it is these days. But it was kind of like Sunday evening. If you've been to some of those services, we opened the Black hymn book and we sang, you know, those verses that stretch your throat and get you out of breath, those kind of songs. But I remember those kind of things. But as we look at the teachings of Solomon here tonight, I think it demonstrates how many opportunities that God has given us. He tells his son similar things over and over again. And sometimes we have to hear things over and over again. And one of the arguments I always hear when somebody encounters the New Testament is Matthew, Mark, Luke, they sound a lot alike. I said, yeah, they are alike because they're talking about the same thing. But each one of those men had a different occupation. So they're coming at it from a different angle. It's just like if we were to tell each other our story of salvation, we would tell it from a different angle, but we'd have the same verses. So he wants us to remember these things. Now, here are some of the things that are in this passage tonight, just so we have an idea. There's things like prostitution. Now, one of the definitions it offers in my Logos software is the practice of offering sex for compensation. It's going to talk about a temptress, a woman of ill repute or character. Feel repute. How many, how many of us use that word in a normal time? I don't Any know, but a lot in the Bible is always about
1: the woman being the harlot. They never talk about a man being a jiggle over It's always <laughs>
0: a woman. Uh, that's in the Message Bible. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't know. Uh, predominantly, the authors of a lot of these books are men, and so that's what they're writing from their perspective in, in that way. So. Uh, but nonetheless, he's writing to his sons, so in this case, it's it's kind of typified of this. You wrote about the Holy Spirit. There. Totally right. That's right. I so. talking about remembering a while I go. I can recall uh, one
1: time I asked my teacher to let me be excused, but she didn't do it.
0: <laughs> and, you, and you've held that he, for all he these don't, years? He doesn't need, need to go on. He doesn't this. need to go on that story? Okay. <laughs> I feel like he was wanting me to ask him about what. uh, And then it talks about the underworld, a place that existed conceptually beneath the earth. This was a place of punishment for the dead. And then adultery. It was unfaithfulness to another person. It could be marital infidelity as well as unfaithfulness to God. So we always think about those different terms, but we've got to understand the difference between all of that. James Burns said this, He said, The danger of listening to the voice of the tempter and the subtlety by which he accomplishes his wiles is illustrated in R. Spencer Stanhope in the picture of the Manchester Art Gallery entitled Eve. In it, it represents the serpent whispering in her ear while she's listening, playing with sin within her mind. At the same time, unseen by her, he bends a branch of the tree with the coil of his body, and lo! As she dallies with her sin in her mind, an apple drops into her open hand. When the temptation has once been permitted to enter, the means of gratifying it is at hand. So, uh, very interesting. I want us to look at something. It's a short clip from, from a video. It talks about temptation, the choice to do right, and the choice that we all have to make when we have to make good decisions in the business world. So let's look at this next one here.
2: I am the head of tax for a private corporation and have been head of tax in several previous jobs. Always wanted to be a light in the world wherever God called me, but it is a dark world. There are a lot of lost people in, in business and in accounting. In my position, there are times when I'm faced with a hard decision. Do I do what's right, or do I do what's expected, or the pressures, the powers that be, if it's the CFO or whoever it is, that my boss at that company wants me to do something to make um, our results look better. I've been put in that position before, and you have to ask yourself as a Christian, what is my position and my position is always the truth is right i'm gonna i'm gonna live the truth and live with those consequences part of that is because of an experience i would had at a previous company where i uncovered an error um, and wanted it to be included in the current year when asked about it i crumbled and said listen i'm so sorry it is a prior year adjustment and we worked together to get it right I felt horrible. I mean, that is not the way that I want to work. With that background and the, the, the way that I felt, the guilt that I felt from that situation of not presenting correctly from the beginning, I knew I would never do that again. Uh, that's what I want to be remembered for is honesty and just integrity so then when a similar situation came up at the at the next job i had to stand up to my boss in a situation where um, they didn't want to present the numbers exactly how they should be presented and i said if you do that i will not sign off on it if we pushed it back um, it would be depending on the income in that period it could make your margins and the numbers you report to the public look a lot worse this magnitude of this adjustment we're talking about is millions of dollars it was a quick answer for me i didn't have to walk away from the situation and think about what's the impact on my career what's the impact in my reputation if i make the right decision and and do this the right way I had grown in my career and knew that it wasn't worth it. If I was gonna get fired over it, it wasn't worth it. So I stood my ground and I think actually uh, my supervisor and the head of finance at that company was pretty shocked that I stood my ground and said, I'm not gonna sign off on that if that's what y'all are gonna choose to do." So after I, I made my stand and my supervisors decided they would make the adjustment in the in the correct period that respect i think they were surprised that i was strong enough to take a stance and say i won't sign off on it but there were no negative repercussions for that they knew that i was going to do the right thing and my view is that's what your cfo hires you to do is the right thing being praised for it wasn't what i was looking for it was This is the right thing to do and know that you're going to get the truth from me. It's not about praise. It's about doing the job I was hired to do. Doing the job that God put me here to do is what I feel like. That's where I am, where God wants me to be. And you are making a difference.
0: So she had to make a choice, right? She had to make a decision to listen to God. She had to say, I'm not going to compromise on this. She had learned from the past, right? She had learned from the things that she had been through, and she was willing to stand up to those in higher authority in that company just to do what was right. And, and we have to be willing to do what's right and stand in the right way as well. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 7, verses 1 through 4 as it kind of illustrates this. It says, My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live, and my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your intimate friend. Remember these things. When I think about binding them on your finger, how many of you remember tying a string to your finger growing up? That's the first thing I thought of. So I thought of tying... And what what was that supposed to be? A remembering thing, right? It was a reminder of what you're not to forget. Calling this intimate. You are my sister. That kind of mindset is where we should hold the commandments and the treasures, these commandments of what God says. But we also are given a warning in this passage in chapter 7. We're given a warning to beware of what the adulteress brings to the table and what her schemes are. Now, he's telling this to his sons, but but temptation is all around us in all different facets and forms today. Any kind of television show you want to turn on has so many innuendos that that are not even, you can't even like turn them on a certain channel without seeing things you ought not see. Kiddos, the same way, on their cartoons and the things that are placed out there before them, you can go on the internet and you can see anything. Everything's out there for you, but it's not good for you. And it's not what God is leading you to do. And there are decisions that many have shared with me they had to make when they were choosing one job over another because one would lead them in the way that God didn't want them to go. And one would be one that they could honor God in all that they did. So there's choices, but there's always that temptation because sometimes it's more money, sometimes it's prestige, sometimes it's just all kinds of things. But we have to answer for the things that we do. Proverbs 7, 5-9 says, "...that they may keep you from an adulteress, from the foreigner who flatters with her words." For at the window of my house, I looked, through, I looked out through my lattice and saw among the naive and disoriented, I mean, discerned among the youth, a young man lacking sense, passing through the street near her corner, and he takes the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness. What is this young man represented here? What has he chosen to do? He's chosen to go and take a direction that's going to lead him in the way of temptation. He's cho- choosing to go to the part of town that, that this temptress lives, that this adulteress lives, that this person lives that's going to get him off track with God. And so this warning is something that is trying to be prevented. Now, how many of us, we, we can look at this and we can say there's, there's like flashing lights depending on how, how much we've been through in life. where We say this guy needs to turn around and just go home. This guy needs to listen to the words of his father before any of this ever comes to light in his life, for anything ever happens. And one of the things that calls to memory for me is that we need to remember that evil and temptation are lurking in the darkness. I I think you see that in there. It says the words darkness, right? The midnight, late in the day. How many of you had parents that would tell you there's nothing that that good can happen that late at night? Anybody ever... Right? Sometimes if you were privileged enough to have streetlights, sometimes it was like when the streetlights come on, you were inside kind of thing. But there was always some indicator that after a certain time, nothing good is happening. In the same way, there are things that happen in the darkness that people try to hide, and there's sin that others try to hide, and there's heartache and difficulty and regret and hurt and pain and sorrow that comes along with this that, that Solomon's trying to bring before his sons so that they don't go in that direction. We must always understand that that Satan does not take holidays. That evil and temptation are always out there. For many that have issues with online and pornography, it's one click away kind of thing. For many who have an issue with going to certain parts of town, they have those kind of things offered it's in here it's talking about stay and get home. Verses 10, and following it talks about this, it says, and behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart, she's boisterous, rebellious, her feet do not remain at home. she's now in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks at every corner. So she seizes him and kisses him, and with a brazen face, she says to him, "I was due to offer peace offerings. I paid my vows." Therefore, I've come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I've found you. I've spread my couch with coverings, with colored linens of Egypt. I've spread my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink fill of our love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses. She's pouring it all thick in this this way. She's not only, you know, we've told this young man, Solomon's told this young man, don't go down this street, but... She's coming out to meet Him. It's always there. Temptation is always there. And her seduction and enticement in this particular verses of the Bible is what we would call temptation. You know, for me, I think about walking out through a city. And how many of you have ever been in a big city? And you're walking down street after street after street. But just like being in big cities, there are streets that you don't go down. There are streets that you don't even take a step on, and don't place yourself in compromising situations on purpose. Now for me, I always knew that to be places like Bourbon Street. So if you're ever familiar with New Orleans, there are nice parts of New Orleans. There are places that you go, but there are places like Bourbon Street that you don't go after dark. Now there's been times I've been down in that area, there was a man that used to carry a cross, and he'd stand at the crosswalk and tell him to repent, There were times we took tracks and stuff to hand out to folks that are down there. We did those kind of things, but there's all kind of temptations. There's all kind of ladies dancing in the window and all kinds of things that are there. There's nothing good that happens down there, especially after dark. We don't need to put ourselves in a position to where we're going to fall into this temptation. We need to make the choice to honor God in all that we do. And so it talks about this adulteress and and things like that. This continues on here. It says, verse 19 says, For my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. Y'all, this could be a lifetime show or something right here. My husband's gone. He's on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him. And the full moon, he will come home. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seducts him. Suddenly he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, as one who fetters to the discipline of a fool, until an arrow pierces through his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. So he does not know it will cost him his life. What do you think? What do you think he's he's given away? He's given away what? His his innocence. He's given away his decisions. He's choosing to sin. He's falling into the trappings that are out there that are readily available.
1: My version says in verse 14, today I fulfilled my vows and I have food for my fellowship offering at home.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that freeing? Is that part of the temptation that it's okay because I went today and fulfilled my vows? That's, that's a thing it, that
0: she's saying that? So you're saying that she she th- she believes that she's okay because she's gone out and done these peace offerings or whatever and she and, can go back home. She gets
1: food from her fellowship offering at home. Right that they can share. Most most people try to justify their actions. They try to give you some logical reason why they do
0: that. Yeah, that's the reason I always and gives, and Yeah. Guess
1: what I'm, the point I'm going to yeah. is People know who she really is, but that gives Christians, all Christians, a bad name when somebody does that sort of thing.
0: You know, it's, she wants to walk that feet. Now, throughout the the Jewish landscape, they talk about Sheol. How many of you are familiar with Sheol? Now, it, it, it's like what we would think about the world the heavens the land that god created but Sheol would kind of be the underworld that that's there to Sheol as where evil lies you know that's why we always kind of looked at it in that perspective growing up we always pointed when you said heaven is that way right and hell's down that's kind of where it it all kind of comes from in that respect biblically that is um, But we are to stay away from the path that leads to Sheol. Verse 24 says, Now therefore, my sons, listen to me and pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many are a victim, she is cast down, and numerous are all her slain. Her house is the way to Sheol, descending to the chambers of death. How many of you have ever been following, maybe your, your dad or your mom out on a hunt and they would say early in the morning stand behind me and go where i go walk where i walk don't get off the path it's dangerous some of the areas were going maybe it was near a creek bed or somewhere else maybe there were snakes in certain places what did you do you you were careful to what put your footprint where your parent was going right you were to go where they went so that you would get safely to the place that y'all were going to hunt or do whatever you were doing for that day. This, in my mind, is kind of like Solomon saying to his sons, look, remember the steps that you've taken that I'm telling you about. Remember the wisdom that I'm trying to impart on you so that when you face these things, it does not end up this way. So for me, it's, it, it's, it's a storyline that that discusses, that brings in temptation, that helps us understand... The warnings and the trappings of the things of this world and what lies wait out there. We try to impress that a lot of time on our teenagers, but I think also we need to be reminded of a lot of things that the world has. Because sometimes we can just naively go out into the world or we can naively read something or do something and we don't think about it, but our choices and decisions are weighted. They have consequences. So here's some things I want you to give back to me. Here's some things I want to. Ask of you, what are some things that you have encountered that lie in wait attempting to take us out? Maybe temptations, maybe something else. What are some things that you've seen? Well, one
1: of the things that I see. Um... <coughs> Of course, growing up in the area where I grew up at, we was shielded from most everything. But a lot of younger fellows work with us now, and one of the things I see, and not all of them, but a good many of them that I'm around, they believe smoking marijuana is nothing wrong with it. And I see them, the ones doing it, I see them, their lives decaying away, and right. cannot reason with it.
0: So there's an acceptability of things that. That ought not be right. right? If we think of our body as a temple, everything we put in has an effect on it.
1: I saw on the main streets of Starkville, they go building up has got hemp on the outside. And we he had hemp stuff, but marijuana. I but the, think he was referring to the marijuana for the teenagers. I think drinking the beer and if they start out with the beer and the marijuana mode, these teenagers, there's a lots of pressure. You have a teenage son. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're the pressures that they're under today, for such as that, is nothing. I mean, we didn't have that kind of pressure growing up that the kids do now, and I think that is something. And I think this scripture is is wonderful for the men, young young boys, and the young ladies to read, and as you say, for all of us, but definitely for the younger younger kids, teenagers, and because they are faced with temptation and losing their innocence and, and surrendering their will. I mean, you know, I think he did that. He gave, he gave up his will. He wasn't thinking. In our line of work, something I'm seeing, and this sort of goes on both of them, too, we have older people that are having to move in with their kids who is accepted to do that, and so now it's okay for them to do it. Well, then when they're into that part of decline in their life, the kids or they move out, they're going to a nursing home. But then now the younger people don't want to sign for the older people because dad's nothing but a meth. He's got meth, you know. He's not, he's nothing but trouble. So now nobody wants to do any of the paperwork to take care of mom or dad. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's just a vicious cycle, and I've had this cycle right. to three people this week. Mm. I mean, that people don't want to on. Well, I was listening to Jerry Clouder the other night, and he said that, uh, yeah, he said, Mom and Dad said, they'll move off. Well, let me tell you something, though. They are
2: coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he might have three
0: So what are some spiritual nuggets of wisdom or scripture that you've heard that have been drilled into your mind and heart throughout your life? What are some things that you've that, that you just remember to this day that you've been taught?
1: I was taught never to lie. I always tell the truth and I was raised in a Christian family. And that's always been that's always been a real strong focus for me, never to lie, to tell the truth. And, and I always my grandmother and Dad had a, an old story which I never knew my grandfather, but. It was, as I look at the plaques over there, there was a plaque that Grandma had that came out of Granddad's old store. Uh, and it was on velvet, and it had, I guess, a little a shiny sequence or whatever. And it had the scripture, a good name is to rather, rather to be chosen than great riches. And that Grandma had that tacked up in her bedroom wall. And I well remember reading that. And, you know, sticks in my mind. One of mine was, you've only got one name you it you can't get it
0: back likewise when is the next time or the uh, when is the best time to prepare for the next spiritual battle right now you know I think where the devil gets us in temptation or gets us and we make a a decision to go in a direction or choose something we wouldn't normally choose is when we're trying to be reactive instead of proactive. When we're not searching the scriptures and not seeking the wisdom and not praying hard and following Him and getting our armor stronger for the battle that's going to come. We've been through battles in life, we've been through defeats in life, and we ought to build up so for the next time. So it's here and now. Because we can be assured that if we stand with Jesus, likewise, if we stand with Jesus, we're always on the devil's radar, aren't we? He's always got a target on us. And what I'm reminded of is of these things. The devil knows our strengths and weaknesses too. You know, I always, think, I always remember the verses talking about nuggets growing up. I always think about the fact that the devil knows Scripture too. So, you think about that today, and a lot of things that we see or read about sounds a lot like Scripture, but isn't Scripture.
1: Well, the devil knows Jesus. Right. I mean, better, you know, he, 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 he right. was with him. He saw him. And...
2: I think one of the things that uh, my parents taught, we certainly didn't obey it 100% of the time, and that was to stay away from this kind of anything like this. You look at that chapter. And it's talking. He's talking to his son about an adulteress. That you could say that he's advising him about sin. Right. And you know, if we stay away from the temptation, then we don't have to make a choice. And uh, I, I, my parents always don't don't go there. Then you won't be faced with doing that.
0: Yeah. You know, not only does he know the strengths and weaknesses, not only does he know Scripture, not only does he know these things, but I think sometimes unrepentant sin can be just a crack in the door of our life that the devil is waiting for. That he can get in into places that we haven't given to God as we ought to. Knowing those weaknesses, we can turn that over to God and allow for Him to give us strength in those times. So it's not... We are not to entertain these things. We are not to even go in these directions, especially in places that we've fell into in the past. You know, it's it's like getting off the road at an exit on the interstate and getting right back on. You ever seen somebody do that? We realize in our life we're making a bad decision, headed in the wrong direction, get back on the right path with God. Because at that moment, we have a choice, Right. We have a choice to continue down this pathway that leads to destruction, or we have a choice to get right back on with God. You know, because every choice and decision has repercussions. And what one scripture that comes back to me again and again that, that was illustrated through different leaders throughout my life was you and I cannot serve two masters. I hear that from Matthew six twenty four, says we can't serve two masters for either... He will hate the one and love the other. or He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. So it's talking about those things that are in there as well. But in these scriptures, these warnings to the sons of Solomon are not just something for the sons of Solomon. They're a warning, like Brother Ron said, against sin that's out there, a sin that's available today. And a lot of people say things are okay but just because they're permissible by society doesn't mean they're profitable, right? Just because the world around us agrees that things are okay, it doesn't make them right or okay according to the Word of God. And you can't reach a consensus and just say, well, the Word of God doesn't say that. Well, what does the Word of God say? Look at that. Let that be what you build your life around and answer that in that way. So... Um, I want to pray for us as we finish. And then I want us to take the next few moments. There's some that may have to go to choir. There's some that can stick around for a few minutes. And let's let's pray for one another, for the battles that are coming ahead this week and for the things that we might be encountering in our own lives. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for our time this evening. God, I, I thank you that we never fight battles alone, God. Father God, i pray in our lives as we make decisions on how we ought to live. God, that we're well steeped and versed in your word. God, that we spend more time with you sitting at your feet and learning from you and listening to you than we do from any other source in this world. Father God, at our fingertips are every kind of temptation and sin. But God, we have a choice in how we live. And God, we are a people that desires to be after your own heart and do the things that you've called us to do. And that's drastically different than the world around us. Father, I pray that we are shining lights in the darkness that is this world. Father God, just forgive us where we have fallen short of the mark that you've set for us. Father God, where we've pursued wisdom outside of your word. Father God, I thank you that time and again you give us a way to get back to you, God. God, I just pray as you lead and guide us in all that we do, God. God, I pray that you keep us safe as we go throughout this week, that we might honor you wherever you lead and wherever we go. It's in your great name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Run for Jesus podcast with Jeremy McCrory. Tune in next time for more relevant sermons and ministry helps to help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before. You can help this podcast by subscribing and rating with those stars on the page and or leaving a comment. Also, you can help us by sharing this with your friends and neighbors.